Hey, I'm Travis T-Bone Turner with Bone Collector, and welcome to the Whitetail Edge Podcast. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Whitetail Edge Podcast. I'm here with uh, a legend of the industry, someone that doesn't need any introduction, Mr. Travis T-Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. T-Bone, how are you, sir? Dude, man, those accolades, I am I going to be charged for all those nice accolades? I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, man. I I can't thank you enough, T Bone, for for hopping on here and and joining me on the podcast. For someone like me that's that's grown up watching Bone Collector, um, I mean, you uh, you're such a humble guy yourself, and um, so like I I don't know how you're gonna take it, but it's a big deal for me for you to hop on here and join me for a conversation. So means the world to me. Can't thank you enough. No, no, thank you guys. I um, you know. Um, you, you know, I, I got to share camp with you a couple of times and, yeah. uh, of course, Ben and I have been friends and, you know, Ben's been friends with, uh, us at bone collectors for a long, long time. We've got to hunt up there with you guys, uh, several different times in, in the past. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, Ben's, a uh, a, a long time, uh, uh, I guess, uh, um, uh, just like us been in the industry a long, long time. So, uh, no, no, but glad to, we, that's one thing about me, Michael and Nick. We 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 very 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 seldom turn down a podcast, radio interview, or anything like that. Man, it's a uh, it's our pleasure. We uh we we love we love it. Yeah, I've listened to you on on so many podcasts, and uh, it's so cool of you that you're you know you're so willing to hop on and and share your story, what's going on in T Bone's life. I mean, you're such a uh, impact impactful character in this industry and to so many young guys. So, you know. For me, it's like I feel like I know you like, you know, I've been around you a few times and stuff. But mm-hmm. for me, you know, watching you all these years, I feel like I know you, Nick and Michael, like you're part of the family, you know, because, you know, it's just like, I guess, with any any personality in any industry that you watch, you you grow up watching, you feel like you know them so much better than you really do. But one thing I can say about you is that you've always been very genuine and you are who you see you know, on, on these programs and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just, it's really awesome to have you, man. And I look forward to this conversation here that we're going to have today. Yeah. We're like the, me, Michael and Nick are like the, uh, the uncles that are always going to embarrass the family name at the family get together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how are all the boys? They're good. Actually, uh, my, uh, you know, with what I've been going through for the past year, I, of course, my, I, my hunting has been limited to, just right here in Georgia, still not able to travel or, you know, having some mobility issues, but I'm able to hunt here at the house. And, um, me personally, um, have, uh, you know, you always have hit listers on your farms and stuff here. And, uh, you know, this year it just seems like the neighbors have, um, the, the neighbors have been having a good year. Let's put it that way. Three of my hit listers, the neighbors have gotten, and then, uh, just two mornings ago, one of them got hit by another one got hit by a car. So uh. we're down to, We've got a we got one or two uh, that are pretty decent that we're still chasing, and then of course we got a few coal bucks that we'll probably end up taking out before the end of the year. So we're still getting to hunt some, and uh, you know, and and doing the the, the challenges of mobility. But uh, yeah. I just got word last Friday that um my my prosthetic leg got approved insurance wise awesome. finally. So Dude. hopefully we'll get that put on, and then that'll help uh, help move things down the road. That's been a battle, hasn't it, for some time? Yeah, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable. Meaning, um, you know, the people in the rehab back when I was in rehab, uh, you know, when I say rehab, not like not like alcohol or drug abuse, <laughs> but rehabilitation of how to how to handle life with uh, missing one leg. Um, you know, that's mandatory when you leave the hospital after an amputation. They teach you how to do that. I was in there for ten days and. You know, they teach you about, you know, just simple day-to-day life, how to handle those things. But they they told me, they said that insurance won't pay for a wheelchair as well as the prosthetic leg. And they said, so if you will, you know, the, the they advised that me pay for the wheelchair. So I bought myself electric wheelchair. I bought the regular wheelchair, all the things I needed to change my house out, rebuilt the shower, uh, you know, handy, you know, handicapped railings, you know, in the places that we needed them in the house widening some doors that we needed those kind of things i did all that out of pocket thinking that you know whenever i hit them with the bill for the right. prosthetic leg that it would be uh you know taken care of well 
you know, we've been battling this since May and they just have now approved it. So that's unbelievable. It's it been extremely frustrating, but, uh, yeah. So hopefully, I, you know, even when I get the leg, I still have to rehab on it and learn it, but at least it'll help me a little bit more mobility. My, my kind of number one goal is like the things that I miss the most. I mean, a lot of people, you know, are, you know, naturally, you know, I would like to hunt a little more proficiently than what I am now, but that that is not even in the top five of things I want to do. Like then my number one thing is that I, I own a skid steer. I bought one about four or five years ago. I want to get back in my skid steer. That's my, I love that. That skid steer tractor, uh, zero turn lawnmower. Those yeah. are like my top three things. And then of course, just being able to get up a few steps to go visit people, you know, go to their house and, you know, I, I can't even go to Waddell's house and, you know, have dinner with him or anything like that just because can't get in the house, you know, we have to eat on the carport like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, dude, what a what an adjustment for your life because yeah. I mean, you take for granted. I mean, the simple things, the little things yeah. that you can do, and all of a sudden, you know, it's you know a couple more steps just yeah. to get this one thing done. You know, so I yeah. can only imagine like the adjustment in your life has just probably been turned upside down. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I always, I, you know, I mean, there has been some days where my lips been poked out, but for the most part, I try to have the mentality of, you know, anytime you battle cancer period, you're like, well, you know, it could be worse no matter how bad I've got it. There's other people out there a whole lot worse than me, you know? So, uh, I I'm, you know, I, I'm blessed. I, I could be pushing up daisies right now. So I, that, that's, sure. that's a blessing. So I guess, uh, God wanted me to stay around a little while longer and aggravate some folks. So yeah. I'm uh, I think I just read last night, uh, reading the word and, um, you know, it said something, I, I don't quote me verbatim here, but, uh, without some hardships, uh, you know, there's going to be some hardships to get into the kingdom of God. And, yeah. um, you know, you have, you have such a, uh, a platform here probably to help so many people. Um, and just your story alone is, is inspiring. And whether you, you know, you have cancer and you lose a leg, or it could be something a lot more minor, a lot more major. Um, I think the way you're coping with it and and handling it is, is inspiring. And like I said, it doesn't even have to be a health problem. But, you know, it's like, uh, man, my dog got hit on the road today, but T-Bone lost a leg and, and he's still kicking and everything's yeah. good. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the the hurdles that we have make us stronger, so to speak. This And this past weekend, they have a um, handicap hunt here in the county that I live in. And it and, – uh, when I've been in town for the last 10 or 12 years, I've got to go over there and fellowship with the guys and, or, you know, volunteer. And, uh, it's kind of funny this year. Um, they saved me a spot when they found out I lost my leg. So I got to be on the hunt with them. So we filmed all that. I, uh, it's in a park, it's in a park, it's holiday park. They shut the park down and they need to thin the deer. So they have a handicap hunt there. And, uh, it makes it good because everybody can roll around on the pavement throughout right. the park. That's and, cool. uh, you draw areas. I, I didn't actually get one this time just because, uh, the, the, I mean, we seen deer, but the, air, the, the direction that I could shoot, uh, we didn't have no deer there. We had deer like to our right where we couldn't shoot. They were all around us, but we couldn't shoot them, but it wasn't about, it wasn't about me. It was about, you know, us celebrating the guys that were there. And we ended up taking, you know, as a group, uh, 11 deer and, you know, one pretty nice eight pointer. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun time. I told all those guys, you know, a lot of them come back year after year. I said, I said, I've been down here in fellowship with you guys. I said, it looked like y'all had so much fun. I, I decided to lop my leg off and join you guys this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, we, we, we had a good time with that this last past weekend. So, uh, yeah, but yeah awesome. we're going out, we're going out this afternoon. We've got a, a coal buck we call flock of seagulls. So hopefully we'll get to get to see him and, uh, put him down right here on our place. Cool. Well, you, you shot a doe recently. Yeah, I did. I did. That's I did. We could have shot a few few more, but uh, we shot the old doe and put some meat in the freezer. And, um, you know, we've just been trying to keep things low pressure and try to get one of these bucks to to slip up. But hopefully is that, is that the first year that you've killed since everything? Yeah, it is. I, last year when I was going through chemo and everything, I killed one buck last year. And uh, I wasn't able to travel because I, I started chemo in October and it, it beat me down pretty good all the way up till. Uh, about the first part of February. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I was, I was weak as dishwater, man. I'm telling you, it was bad, but, uh, 
But anyway, uh, you know, was it um, was it last year? Because time just escapes you. You know, everything moves so fast. But was it last year that you had your big year or the year before? It was the year before. It was 2020. Last year, I, I like I said, I just was I didn't get to travel at all. Yeah. Um, and do any hunts. Um, actually, I was the last traveling I did was in I really shouldn't have traveled. We had our brotherhood bash up in Kentucky. And I went to that and uh, I had huge tumors on my leg. It was, it was really rough. I was supposed to stay and hunt, but um, you know, and at that time I didn't even tell Michael and Nick that I had cancer that yet, you know, I just didn't want to be a Debbie Downer at our bash. And I didn't even let them know till closer to Thanksgiving. I wanted them to get through their Midwest run. And uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I just told them I was, they knew I had a, had a big spot on my leg, but they didn't know that it was cancer yet, but I'd already started chemo and stuff. And, I let them know just before Thanksgiving. So I didn't want everybody to be all gloom and doom. Right. But yeah, I, I didn't get to hunt it, hunt it all last year, uh, except for just around here. And then I don't think I hunted at all. Uh, I killed that buck on October 17th of last year and I didn't hunt again the rest of the year. But, um, but yeah, the year before is when I, I mean, absolutely. Amazing. I mean, the way things went last year, I guess you'd think I made the deal with the devil on 2020 because <laughs> I had a really, really, I mean, just a phenomenal, unbelievable year in 2020. So, yeah, that 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 may never be produced for by me again. But, yeah, super blessed. Yeah, man, that year was insane. You were knocking them down. You Gosh. killed some giants, man. Yeah, yeah. I had two right here at the house and a 186, a 161 right here in Georgia, right on my hundred acre farm right here at my house and then i killed my largest with a bow in kansas a 186 so i mean a 183 in in kansas but yeah it just yeah phenomenal Phenomenal. yeah yeah that's super awesome almost Um, like a ben rising type of year yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah ben's struggling a little bit this year no he's not he's not he's just normal this year i know well that's that's struggling for for mr rising Yeah. yeah Yeah. Uh, he, we, one thing I really wanted to talk with you about, and I know I had texted you last night about it yes. was, was the G five mega meet, which yes. Ben and I are huge fans of the whole white tail edge team. Um, just a lethal head. I mean, the holes that we're seeing and the blood trails that we're seeing, um, it's hard to argue using anything, anything else, you know, uh, sponsor or not the G five mega meet is, is legit. And, um, you know, from what I talked with you about was, you know, you kind of had a hand in designing that head. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say, you know, by no means am I, I don't want to take anything away from G5, you know, Nate, Matt, um, you know, all the guys over there, uh, Mr. Grace, they're, they're all just absolutely, uh, Nate is the mastermind behind the whole thing. He's, the, he's really the engineer, the, you know, the, the, the mastermind. I mean, to say that, you know, I had some consulting and or bounce some ideas, you know, off of me. And, you know, me and Nate had some brainstorming sessions and and stuff like that. I mean, if that puts you in the category of helping design, then, yeah, I did. But by no means, am I, I don't I don't want to take anything away from them. They're they're the the whole creators behind it. But but, yeah, I did have some, um, you know, uh, brainstorming over years and years and years. I mean, it took us a while to get to that point on the mega meet. Um, and then of course you got the little brother, which was the dead meat. And then you've got the, you know, the T3 before that, which started it all. And then all we've done is just each year, just kind of improved on that to get to this design of the mega meat. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty proud of it from, a, I, I kind of approach things, uh, you know, design wise and, or making things work wise, uh, you know, from a pro and con type of, um, you know, an approach, you know, you, you said it, you know, it, you had mentioned that, you know, you, it's a it's a lethal head to to shoot and you know it's kind of the only head you should shoot for most i'd like to clarify that a little bit by saying that for most applications you know and and i and i i say that because g5 makes a broad head for every application whether it's the montec the g you know the the striker the dead meat you know all the way through the line there it's an all steel lineup but you know, for the lady that's only pulling 45 pounds, you know, m- the mega meat might not, would not be the best choice by no means. Yeah. But when I, when we say, when you say, uh, and what I mean too, is the mega meat is for the soup and potatoes of the, the most, uh, everybody, like the guy that's pulling 65 to 70, 75 pounds, that's shooting a, 
you know, a, a decently sized era that's got a draw length of, you know, 27, you know, to 31. Yes. The, 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 the meat and potatoes of the line of the people drawing a bow. Yes. It, it is excellent for that, especially for shooting stuff, uh, whitetail size and, or, you know, stuff across North America, Cape Buffalo. No, I probably wouldn't recommend it, but, but for most all the applications that we would have for, for the average hunter, absolutely. It's a, phenomenal head um and and i'll go ahead and say this too you know not to i don't want this to be just like we're raising it up even though we think so highly of the mega meat and you know we can break it down as to the designs of it as to why i meant to go downstairs and get one so that we could probably talk and and hold one up but i did i didn't do so but i have uh, one hold on one second yeah Yep. So, uh, so I, I was going to say too, before we deep dive into this is at the end of the day, most all broadheads, you know, of course we're partial to G5 just because of, you know, the design, the tight tolerances, the innovativeness, uh, you know, that they have, I, I'm, I am kind of partial to them or we are partial to them, but at the end of the day, it's accuracy is always going to win. There's a lot of broadheads out there that are extremely uh, good. You just got to put it in the right place. But like I say, when we're breaking these things down, all the pros and cons, uh, the pros and cons of them, um, I think you'll, you'll see after we have a conversation and, or if you go back and see some of the stuff we've talked about and, or the footage and such that um, G5 has as, as well as the results of, you know, thousands and thousands of hunters over the last couple of years, you'll see that the, you know, this one's going to check off a whole lot more pros than it does any cons at all. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you should be, I mean, like I said, I mean, I guess I just want to dive in because, you know, you're so technical with archery equipment. Um, that's, that's your bread and butter. That's what T-Bone does. So what, I mean, what makes this head, because literally I've never had such great success with a broadhead before. I mean, the holes are giant, giant. The yes. blood trails are devastating. Um, I mean, you're going to see stuff wrapped around trees. I mean, it looks like a horror movie every time. Yeah. What makes this head, you know, what it is, I guess. Well, well, there's, there's several things, um, you know, it, it all started, it all started back. Uh, you know, how we had that commercial, which was a little bit on the funny side by saying, do you want a sliver? You know, because a lot of broadhead manufacturers were, you know, the way we kill deer is massive hemorrhage, blood loss. And in doing so, uh, you know, we was, you know, the, the mindset was, you know, some eight, nine, 10 years ago when uh, mechanical broadheads were getting more popular was that we want a bigger cut, bigger cut, bigger cut. Well, the way they were doing that was they was forcing the blades to be out like this to where they chopped to and so that it would get a two inch um a cut a hole but it was end up being a slice so you got two independent blades that have the surface area of the blade so the longer surface area you have means more more area there is to do slicing just like a long fillet knife you know mm -hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna take your granddad's old barlow that's got a two inch knife and you're not gonna fillet a fish with that you want you want it to be a long fillet style knife you know where the blade angle is like this well you have two inches and and the, those two bladed broadheads um no, no matter what brand they are you know they they do well and they've done well for a lot of people but it ends up being a slice so it depends on if it goes this way then you're going through ribs and you could you could potentially bust down the structural integrity of the blades by going this way and or if one blade fails then you only got one left Right. And then also, if it goes this way, uh, it in you know it ends up being a slice. So you get pretty good blood loss on the inside, but a lot of times it doesn't spill out onto the ground, allowing you to have good blood trails. So there's a there's a con there. Yeah. Um, the the advantages to the the three blade design. I've always been a fan of three blade. Is one just because of aerodynamics with most all you know. It seems like it's a trend. People shooting four blades these days. I'm I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not saying it's negative. It's just I don't see the again pros and cons. I don't see the pros to shooting for for fletchings, but the the uh, 
the the three blades lines up with the three blades of the broadhead not to mention you're gaining a whole extra 33 percent more cutting off of this other blade and because of you're getting the extra blade no longer do you have to have steep angled blades like this you can have three blades that's angled like this and still have a two inch circle so you have three independent blades which has a long it's going to penetrate better because it's in a uh, uh, less than a 45 degree angle. So it's slicing instead of chopping. Mm. And then it's going to fillet. So it has more massive uh, hemorrhaging. It penetrates better. You got 33% because you got a whole extra blade. So, you know, right there, I just checked off better penetration, more slicing, more massive hemorrhaging. And then when it comes to the size of the hole, which you had alluded to, you've got a hole this big that has three independent flaps that the blood has to spill out no matter where you hit, hit the animal. Plus it's made of all steel. So therefore structural integrity is going to be, you know, pretty dead gum strong. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that there's nothing that's bulletproof, but it's, it's you might have some bent blades, but I'll yeah. take a, I'll take a bent blade. <laughs> Absolutely. Over, over or even a broke blade. Exactly. Yeah. And I've still got I've still got two blades, you know, and I I, I gladly, um, you know, I, I, I gladly would give up a broadhead for a kill, you know, one broadhead for a kill. But even so, the ferrule is usually still always straight. You just have to replace the blades. But nonetheless, it did its job, you know, mm -hmm. and it, so many people, um, a lot of controversy and or chit chatter is always about like if you're shooting at a deer and, you know, let's just say you're shooting at the the vitals or a you know, the liver size, an eight inch, uh, you know, like a pie plate. Well, absolutely. On one side, let's just say this side over here is where the shoulder and the leg bone is. Okay. And everybody's like, oh man, I fear that shoulder. Yeah. You don't want to hit that shoulder. Well, honestly, I mean, if you hit that shoulder, you've got problems no matter what broadhead, you, you know, I mean, granted, we all know that a single bevel broadhead would has the best chance of going through that but there's not a lot of vitals around that anyway. So if you hit there, you're messed up. You, you've messed up more than likely anyway, mm -hmm. right? Nobody talks about, you know, and, and we're shooting at a live animal, so it's moving around. Don't get me wrong. Accuracy always is going to win. So you want the most accurate uh, arrow and broadhead combination that you possibly can. If we always hit perfect, no matter what you shoot through there, you could probably get away with killing deer with field point. However, the deer ducking, diving, moving, changing angles. There's all kinds of human factors. You get a little buck fever. You shoot a little, you know, oh, got a little herky jerky. I shoot off. But not too many people talk about the screwing up and hitting back here in the guts. They talk mm -hmm. about hitting this like, oh, my God, I'm, I don't want to hit the shoulder. I don't want to hit the shoulder. Well, you fear hitting that shoulder so bad. How many deer get shot in the guts? A lot. Yeah, probably just well, as many as the shoulder. Exactly. 50-50. Yeah. 50-50. Probably, arguably, probably more in the guts. I mean, it's bigger. Exactly. So with that said, I would rather know that I had a huge two-inch three-blade hole that I know is going through the guts that is going to kill that deer faster and more humanely mm -hmm. than to worry about, I want a small one-inch single-bevel blade broadhead that's going to go through the shoulder. Now, we're talking white-tail deer. Yep. We're talking, again, the meat and potatoes of 70-pound 29 inch draw, the meat and potatoes of most everybody. There are different scenarios for every draw length, every poundage, what animal you're shooting. But for the most part, we're here on whitetail edge. I want to talk about mainly yeah. whitetails and or North American critters. Yes, sir. Dr. Ashby, I'm a huge fan of. I'm a friend of his. Uh, we've talked the Ashby Foundation that gets talked about a lot. Heavier, higher FOC absolutely does penetrate better. But here on the North American continent, we're not shooting Cape Buffalo like Dr. Ashby did so many of his studies. We're not trying to go through two before size bones and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we want a larger, we want a st sturdy, structural integrity, strong broadhead with all the goods that we're talking about, you know. And now I get to the point of accuracy. So accuracy, years ago, as bows became more efficient, we're getting faster and faster and faster. Well, all we had was fixed blade broadheads. Well, when you shoot a fixed blade broadhead, well, because it's you shoot your fill points all summer long and you're shooting good and accurate, you screw your fill your fixed blade broadheads on there. Now, again, I'm again I'm speaking 15, 20 years ago mm -hmm. or even more. Then all of a sudden your groups open up. 
your accuracy is not there just because you've changed the aerodynamics of the arrow that you're shooting. And if it's a light arrow and it has very little FOC, then it's going to be even more radical because it magnifies the flaws in our form. So everybody goes nuts. Oh, of man, I can't shoot my effective range. I was good to 40 with my field points. And now I can't even hit a pie plate at 20 yards. So your confidence level of practice and all summer long, it just goes like yeah. you don't have confidence on hitting the deer at all. And again, I want to allude to accuracy always wins over all this accuracy wins and we can we can always get more accurate i don't care how good you are so with that said when when uh, mechanicals came out bows were fast that's why they became so um um, popular is because it's a tight it's aerodynamic if you hold that broadhead up to for the camera and point it at the camera like like you were shooting me you can see how tight that is you can see how aerodynamic it is and how tight to the arrow it is so that we're looking at a a three blade broadhead that when it gets to the critter is going to be two inches whereas right now it's really tight to it so it's not going to change the way the arrow flies and if you'll couple that with a heavy arrow and or put your some good foc in the front well then it's going to make it that much more more forgiving so -hmm. that's why mechanicals became so popular and that's why we 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 wanted that to keep your accuracy. So, uh, you know, not everybody shoots, you know, hogs under a feeder at 20 yards. You know, we as whitetail hunters, you may have to shoot a buck at 35 yards. I hope I never have to shoot another one at past 25. However, you know, I, if, if it helps my effective range get out to 35 or 40 and or shoot an elk at 55 or 60, then, then I'm all for it. It keeps my accuracy. And then when the arrow gets there, it's going to deploy. It's all steel, and I'm going to have a three-blade, two-inch cut with the blade angle that is a slice rather than a chop. So, you know, I hope I hope the tidbits that we're talking about, we're getting a little bit of pros, and that's why I believe this broad. I mean, there's a again, there's a lot of good broadheads, but this is why, and, and it makes me like I have so much confidence in it. Two and a half years ago, when we were coming to market with it, I was like, I can't wait. I can't can't wait. And it does me good to see so many posts through social media and so many people having such great success with it um, because it's almost like, man, this is the proving grounds right here. This is this is proof in the pudding that these things are working. All of our mad scientists, you know, thinking and drawing plans and, you know, all the 3D prototypes that Nate built and stuff that, you know, it's all coming together. You have the dead meat, which is the little brother to the. I haven't shot that head. And, it, and and virtually it's the same thing. It's just the inch and a half cut. So therefore it's going to allow you better penetration and it's a little tighter on aerodynamic aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. So the well, popular of mechanicals are so popular because they're, they're accurate. And when you get there, they're devastating when, uh, you know, if you, uh, uh, you know, naturally put it where it needs to be. Yeah. Well, I screwed that mega meat in for the first time and I haven't looked back. <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. You know, um, I haven't found any reason to screw anything else in my era, but, um, to get, to go back, I was wanting to add to that. I'm sorry, man. I, no, you're I get, good, on, man. I get on a tangent, man. I get all excited and stuff. So, so you go to go back talking about fixed blade broadheads. Some of the things that we had to do to make your fixed blade broadheads before the invention or before the insert of mechanical broadheads is what we had to do is we'd have to tune those broadheads and you still can do that to this day. Um, so many people, instead of, you know, like bow manufacturers say this bow shoots 350 foot a second, this one shoots 340. The average Billy Joe lunch bucket in his head, he thinks I want my bow to shoot 340. They're saying it shoots 340. Why shouldn't I shoot 340? I personally wish that the, the archery industry would change that because it's kind of all false advertising. It's not saying that that bow won't shoot that. But the way they're they're measuring it, it's like a car. How fast does a car go zero to 60? They should change those measurements because what they're doing is they're telling people that this bow at a 350 grain arrow, 30 inch draw, which is way above normal mm-hmm. on 70 pounds, which most people shoot less than 70 pounds. Most people are less than 30 inch draw. So and a 350 grain arrow, which nobody shoots, hardly anybody shoots an arrow less than 400 grains. Most people are. I would like to think are 450 to 550. That's a great weight of arrow for okay. white toe hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want more normal numbers. Let's come up with a different one, like a 500 grain arrow, 29 inch draw, and say 70 pounds. And this is the speed of all bows. Right. Because 
what happens is it impregnates the guy that goes shopping for bows and he sees this tag on the bow at the bow shop and it says 350 foot a second. Well, then the guy behind the counter at the bow shop, he builds him an arrow, a good hunting arrow, you know, a 480 grain arrow, you know, you've got 14, 15 uh, uh, percentage of FOC and, you know, you got a good broadhead on there and you pop it through the meter and it's only going 278. Well, that guy just spent $2,000 to walk out of there like, man, my bow is 70 feet per second slower than what they said it would do. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't understand all that, you know, sure. and it, and we as a, <clears throat> a you know, I, I don't want to say elite, but we as seasoned archers and or shop owners don't need to explain that. You know, we don't, we shouldn't have to explain that. It's, it's like you're deselling the bow. You, mm-hmm. you should, you, you know, the bow should live up to what they're advertising. I say all that to get you to this point. Whereas when the speeds got higher, Everybody wanted to shoot that with their hunting setup. Well, you try to get a, I don't care who you are, you try to get a broadhead to fly above like 270 feet per second, a, a fixed blade broadhead that's got like an inch and a quarter, inch and three sixteenth, inch and a half inch cut. And it can be a, it can be a tough task. <clears throat> and we quickly found out, this is some years ago, that if that broadhead is not perfectly aligned down the center of the shaft, Meaning we've all done this. It's like the night before deer season, you're screwing all your broadheads on. And I'm I'm thinking, I'm again, I'm 15, 20 years ago, and you spin it and it just wobbles like crazy because it's a fixed blade broadhead. It's because that broadhead is not perfectly aligned with the shaft. So the guy that doesn't know better, he thinks <clears throat> he thinks that either my broadhead's crooked, my arrow's crooked. He doesn't really rightly know. Well, if that broadhead is off just a little bit about like the nose cone on an airplane. You know, when you're going, you send it down range going 300 foot a second and this broadhead that has wings and is like an extra set of fletchings that's on the front of the arrow and it goes, you know, it's the leading edge. It's going to cause that arrow to dip and dive. That's why your broadhead groups open up. Mm -hmm. So it's really important, you know, like you've seen people spin test their arrows. When we got these spinners and straighteners that you put them on and you can see that it's out, but you have no way to correct it. Well, years ago, I took a, uh, it's a ABBA knock tuner that that I turned into a broadhead tuner. So long before mechanicals, we were taking broad, uh, fixed blade broadheads, sticking them into this with a dial indicator on top of it, and we were actually straightening it. Now, I'm not saying that it's a broadhead problem or insert problem or an arrow problem, but between that, between the ferrule of the broadhead the insert of the broadhead being, you know, off because you've got a 15 cent broadhead holding all that together right? and the shaft and the glue tolerances of you gluing that insert in there, it causes that to not be straight. Well, we can actually straighten it with that, uh, that ABBA uh, straightener. Well, I've had this design, but you know, I've, I've mentioned it to broadhead manufacturers over the last 20 years about my idea and um, you know, nobody wanted to tackle it from a broadhead standpoint, because if, you know, like if they came out with this broadhead tuner, it would make their, whoever, whatever company it is, make their broadhead. It's all broadheads. It ain't nobody's fault. You know, all broadheads are that way. As far as the tolerances, it's, it would make them as a broadhead company, make it look like they brought out a superior, uh, uh, an inferior broadhead and that you have to straighten it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I uh, partnered with and I'm uh, good friends with the guys at Last Chance Archery, which they, uh, you know, they build the presses and everything like that. Well, we built this. We built this. Uh, it's called a rat. We call it a rat, but it's called Revolutionary Arrow Tuner. I think it's I've heard broadhead. you talk about this before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we just came out with this in January. But I and, and I know it sounds like a sales plug, but I'm I'm not really selling plug. I'm just wanting to know that the guys that are diehard fixed blade broadhead shooters, you can now tune that even if you want to take it to the you know, the frog hair cutting line and you could tune your mechanical. So any, um, it does any three, four, five, six blade broadhead, two blades are a struggle. We've got an adapter coming out for that in the future, but, uh, for two blade broadhead, but it, it, you, it makes it to where you can align that to where you have perfect right down the center so that your aerodynamics is, is correct. Everybody assumes that indexing that tuning a broadhead means aligning the blades up with your veins that is not tuning that is indexing that's just making sure that every one of your arrows is a clone and Mm -hmm. then tuning is actually when you're aligning the perfect dead center point of the broadhead through the ferrule through the insert all the way up the shaft is perfectly straight or what we call acceptable under two thousands which is really really tight tolerances 
So I'm proud of that for the guys that are shooting the fixed blade. But I say all that is, man, it was wearing on me. I mean, this was 15 years ago. I was like, gosh, this is so old, man. It builds my confidence. I was shooting 3D tournaments all year long, feeling like I had the utmost confidence. Here it is, August. Let's screw some broadheads on there. And then as you shoot, and then your, your broadheads would open up, your groups would open up. I'd tune the broadheads. I'd cut that in half easily, which was helped confidence-wise. But I was like, these just don't shoot as accurate as my field points. Then when mechanicals came along, you could take – you wouldn't have to do the – the tuning of the broadheads nowhere near as much because the, like you showed a minute ago, the broadhead is exactly, you know, aerodynamic or, mm. or extremely tight aerodynamic. So again, that's another pro positive for, you know, the mega meat, the dead meat style of broadhead. It's aerodynamic. Your accuracy stays there. Then when it gets there, uh, you know, and I know I sound like a broken record, but when it gets there and deploys, the blades are, uh, they slide into place. I'm just a fan of rear deploying mm -hmm. blades, not the ones that go in and have to fold back over themselves. That right. design causes uh, deterrence in the path of the arrow. You lose energy quite a lot by doing so. I'm not saying that people don't have success with them. They do, but you're going to have way more failures with that type of a broadhead than you would with the uh, those that are rear deploying. And another thing that I posted a video back in the summer or September Let's just, you know, if you're if you're on the fence of trying this, let's just say that those blades on a Mega Meat were welded shut, that you super glued them, and there is no way that they're going to open, which is not going, it's not, it can't not open. Mm -hmm. but, but the blades are exposed. It is a just a really tight, small fixed blade broadhead. I mean, one hundred percent, you're seeing every bit of the blade. So even if that was welded shut, you would still get your critter. It just wouldn't be a two inch hole. Right. It would be a smaller hole, but you're doing damage and you're cutting just like that. I mean, that blade is that, that outside edge is sharp and it's cutting like crazy. So, yeah, um, I've bled a lot this year. <laughs> I know it's it. And, and then and then you take it to another level, you know, the new dead meat V2. Those have the Lutz blades and those are extreme. Not that the mega meats aren't sharp, but the Lutz blades is a is a new level of sharpness, almost like the striker. It has those uh, German Lutz blades. Mm -hmm. And we, we, it's, it's a country little redneck saying, we say those, those blades are so sharp. They'll cut you before God gets the news. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm just proud of the whole lineup, but certainly with that mega meat, because we're answering, you know, I guess my, from my tournament background, I'm just so happy about accuracy. And, and I realized that, you know, so many people are not going to take the time to tune their bow to the level that a lot of guys that are running the archery shops and, you know, they're not going to take that time. Whereas this will make the guy that, you know, wants to run by Walmart or Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's or their local archery shop, pick up a set of blades and they're still going to be able to uh, shoot very accurate and, you know, and, and get their critter as long as they put it, you know, uh, you know, in through the vitals at some, some place. So. Well, I'll be completely honest. I mean, you're just, you're such a scientist and you have fine tuned this craft to a whole other level. And honestly, it kind of, um, I feel a little bit belittled, not like personally, I don't like feel oh, like no. I'm saying like, I almost feel ashamed that I don't know a little bit more about all this than I feel like I should, because I mean, as a hunter going mm -hmm. out there and trying to be ethical and all that, like I should probably brush up a little bit on this and i do want to learn you know to work on my book but we have such a dependable pro shop yeah where i live where it kind of makes me lazy where i can drop everything off i can yeah. go there they can go through the process with me and i'm good to where i don't have to learn all this but yeah. i do i do want to make it a point to learn um i what would be something that you recommend where where someone like me was were to start kind of just tinkering around i guess yeah, um, I would highly recommend people. One, one thing is, or not to cut you off, not to cut you off, T Bone. Yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah. or if there's something that is on YouTube or something that you've seen or um, a, a certain personality or something that you would recommend, I guess. <laughs> well, a reputable pro shop is going to be the best place. Meaning, like you're, it's more than just watching one YouTube. YouTube video. YouTube can be great. However, 
you can't, you got to be so open-minded on that. You can't think that everything that you see on there is the gospel, you know, absorb what you're hearing, but, you know, have, you know, stand on your own two feet, you know, and have a, have a good, you know, good common sense uh, thought on it. Just don't be a, a, you know, a sheep and follow exactly what you see. Even, even the stuff that I'm saying, um, I hope that I kind of lay it out there to where it's absorbable and I, you know, I weigh out the pros and cons and let the person make their decision on their, their, you know, uh, on their own. Um, you know, like you can read a lot about the stuff, Dr. Ashby, you know, that that's the whole, the Ashby foundation gives you the extreme and basically they break it down physics wise as to what is the best penetrating. Now, you know, basically they're getting it to a point where it's a spear. Does that mean that, you know, if you're shooting a 700 grain arrow, Will you kill, you know, will you get good penetration on a whitetail? Absolutely you will. However, mm-hmm. the things that you're giving up a lot on that, that 700 grain arrow is your your bow is not, um, it'll be quiet for sure, but it'll be super slow. Your pin gap will open up quite a bit. Your effective range, you know, for the guy, especially out west, that may need to take that 40 or 50, 60 yard shot, um, I'm not going to tell you that you're going to outrun a deer by speed. You just can't do that because the noise level will go up. I mean, there's so many things that the reaction time of a deer, you can't control that. But what you can control is accuracy is you can, because as soon as you cut the arrow loose, the burden is off of you, period. You can't do nothing about that. You need to prepare yourself instead of spending so much time on the internet or so much time buying all these things if people would spend more time behind the bow so that they're a more proficient killer and work on themselves, that is be, be what I'd recommend as well as hang out like you're to get back to your, your question is to hang out in archery shops, reputable archery shops. Cause those guys, like you said, um, you know, I I've been fortunate. This is my passion and I've been, I've been lucky enough to make this passion my career. So for the last 30 years, just about from me owning my own shop to working in a shop to, you know, just doing this on my own. I spend so much time just thinking of these scenarios and talking to the right people and having these conversations. I can't help but absorb some of this stuff and and learn from my mistakes from being, you know, older, like, like, uh, like I am. So you absorb these things. So I can't expect a guy that works a regular nine to five or in an office or something like that. He's got to focus on his job. He's got to focus on his family. Whereas, you'd like to think that you could rely on, like you said, dropping your bow mm-hmm. off at the archery shop. And I bleed for the independent retailer because they are proficient in that. And that is good to know that. I mean, it's no different than, you know, like when the guy comes to pump my septic tank, I'm like, man, I, 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 I should know more about pumping my septic tank than what I do. Well, no, I shouldn't. I mean, you can't be thinking about that. You pursue what's your passion and, you know, folks that, that work nine to fives and have families, they get one, maybe two days a week to hunt mm-hmm. and they want to enjoy it and they want to know that their stuff's right. So they're relying on folks like me and or the independent real retailer and or qualified people on the YouTube right. to point in the right direction and companies to do the right thing. So we hope that we're putting out good content and or, uh, you know, good knowledge to help someone make the right decisions for themselves, not necessarily you got to shoot this broadhead or you suck. You know, yeah. we, don't, we don't want that. We, we, we won't make people, we won't make people to know that there's a lot of thought process behind this and there's some good points that are made. And these are the reasons why. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I am very passionate about that and that I'm so proud of that broadhead. So I would tell people to, you know, absolutely. You, you need to look at things on the, the internet, but don't believe everything and consider where the information's coming from and, or see, you know, proofs in the pudding is, is like, uh, you know, the little, the video that Ben posted the other day, as well as some of the stuff you've posted and, and, you know, myself and, you know, others that have had success with it. I mean, Nick posted a good video too the other day. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I was talking about. The Ben, mm-hmm. Ben, that, that, that big hole that he posted and, you know, you can just, you, you know, Ben oozes, uh, you know, sincerity on the passion of, of why he feels that way about that. And I mean, I, I, I gather to say, you know, Ben's is probably as good a whitetail hunter as there is in North America. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I know that he wouldn't say that if he didn't mean it. And, yeah. you know, Waddell feels the same way. Nick feels the same way. You know, the Heartland Bowhunter guys, they're using them this year. And, uh, you know, I've had a, a bunch of conversations 
with them behind the scenes and uh you know and then not just not just tv personalities or or uh you know folks that you may see on youtube and stuff i mean just countless of you couldn't believe all the pictures i i wished i could had the time to do a montage of all the dms and pictures that people have sent me of you know how happy they they are with those uh broadheads and th that doesn't mean that there's not good broadheads out there and people right. haven't done good but you know like we said from the word go if you're checking off the pros and cons, I mean, there's very few cons, if any cons with this broadhead. Right. Well, I mean, on the social medias, you see it all the time. It doesn't matter what you post. You're always going to get the negativity. Oh, yeah. On that particular video that you were talking about with Ben, maybe only two comments of negativity. The rest yeah. were all like, dude, I gave it a try and I'll never go back. I mean, just so many really powerful testimonies about that head all around on the Internet, like it like I said, you know, it's just so easy to see the the naysayers, the, the negative comments. Everyone's always got an opinion. Um, but the majority opinion about this head is people are extremely happy about it. Yeah. Great results. Yeah. yeah. And I again I wanted to make sure that we um, you know, from the stance of the the mega meat is recommended. Again, I mean it's almost like a disclaimer. I I I don't want you know, and I know you feel this way as well as I do. And Ben would say the same thing. It's not recommended for everybody. I mean, this is, we're talking the meat of the potatoes. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I, I always try to say at least like 60 pounds, mm -hmm. um, you know, in your average draw lengths from, you know, 27 to 31, uh, you know, and if, if you're pulling from, you know, 60 pounds to, you might get, be able to get away with the, you know, upper fifties, but I would consider if I was pulling less than 60 pounds, I'd probably go with that dead meat. Mm -hmm. Just you know, to ensure you know a uh, better penetration, make sure you have the uh, you know a good weighted era, you know something. In, in my opinion, four fifty to five fifty, mm -hmm. and then try to keep your FOC in that um, you know thirteen to you know upwards of thirteen to eighteen for sure. But if you wanted to tinker around with a good stiff era and get your twenty percent FOC, that that wouldn't hurt you one bit. It's just so forgiving in the wind as far as it absorbing your flaws in your form and stuff like that this is what we're talking about this is the person we're not saying hey go buy your girlfriend a pack of mega meats that's shooting 42 pounds or your 12 year old son that's you know pulling 35 pounds a mega meat is not for them uh you know then you need to consider something like a that striker the three blade striker or the montec which is you know it's funny we always make we talk about it when we we're at the ata show with the, all the graces the montec is a broadhead that is so tough as a fixed blade broadhead, you can continually sharpen it because, you know, it's not a replaceable blade. You sharpen the blades. And th th they've had some granddads that have handed them down to their kids, you know, like, hey, I've killed yeah, I've killed six or seven, you know, deers over the last year. So here's here's this broadhead. Let it, you know, it's a it's like a family heirloom is the Montec broadhead. So it's that's kind of cool. Yeah. 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 So we've cool. made a joke about that. But, yeah, I, I just want to be clear on that. I don't want. Right. I don't want to come on here and people to take the takeaway is like, well, T-Bone said shoot the mega meat no matter what. No, no, no. It's, I mean, it's for the most, it's for the, you know, 85, 90% of the archers out there. Mm -hmm. However, there are some instances and there are some game that you're going to be hunting that probably wouldn't recommend it for, but that's the good thing. You know, G5's got you covered from soup to nuts with the Montec, the dead meat, the mega meat striker, all of those ones that their lineup is, is great for anything. It is it is hell on turkeys too. Oh, yeah, the mega meat's good for that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I shot one uh, the year before last. Picked it up by its feet, man. It was just like a slushy. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a good point. You know, with turkey season coming up in the spring, you know, a, a turkey is is so. Well, first of all, me being an archer guy, I'm I'll be the first to tell you. Turkey was designed to be shot with a shotgun first and foremost. But if you do want to bow hunt one, mm -hmm. uh, they're so three-dimensional. It's like shooting a hefty sack. And then their vitals are so small, you know, like a softball. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint that. Whereas, uh, you know, if you are going for the, the you know, the vitals, it's nice to know you got a two-inch cut blowing right. through there and it's going to grab something that's going to put him down quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was just something I, you know, wanted to wanted to try a little bit, but it was yeah. probably definitely something that you should uh, you should study those vitals on them turkeys. But yeah, yeah, it, it was fun and uh, putting those G fives to the to the test on a turkey. But it's always fun to just blast one in the face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, 
I see you yeah. got a Austin Riley jersey back there. Yeah, man. I'm yeah. a big I'm a big Riley fan. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, awesome. Yeah, he's a he's a good dude. He's a yeah. It's like Chipper reincarnated. Yeah, you're right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and I'm glad they signed that big uh, contract for him. So hopefully he'll be a franchise player for Braves. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of kind of wondering um, what's going to happen with Dansby this year. And yeah, I know. And and whatnot, but um, that uh, that GM they got, he kind of seems like he knows what he's doing. But speaking yeah. of Chipper, do you see that deer? He he just killed in Kansas. Yeah, yeah, a great deer. Giant. Big They're on deer. a fantastic spot out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I don't want to take too much of your of your time. Uh, Man, you're fine. I you I know. can talk about this all the time. So uh, yeah, just I know. I mean, dude, it's just so obvious, like just how passionate you are about it, and it's not fake. Just with the detail and and stuff like that, you know. I guess that's when you become really great at something is when you're this passionate about it, and um, it just, it it radiates off of you. Well, it's I, I've been fortunate enough to make a. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I just archery. I took to archery, so I mean, I I don't want to come across as arrogant. I'm just so so blessed and to to make a living in this space and outdoor industry and get to tell deer stories and work with great companies and and uh, you know been doing it for thirty plus years. It's just it's just awesome. I I am passionate about it and you know, um, I started, I, you know, I didn't have two nickels to rub together working in a shop and the guys from Realtree started coming to my shop and I'm like, you know, I'm never going to get to go to the Midwest hunting. I'm just sitting here turning wrenches and, you know, I, I get to go shoot tournaments across the country, but I, I'm not going to get to hunt like the guys on Realtree and stuff. But uh, it made me feel so good that I was setting up their bows and oh, they were going to kill stuff. You know, I can remember when long before cell phones was even here, David Blanton would you know, and call, he'd call us on the phone at the shop and say, yeah, I just took, took a buck out here at seven J. And then, you know, I was just sit there and just smile. Like me and my guys that went the shop I owned, we built the arrows and set the bow up that just killed a buck. That's going to be on monster bucks, DVDs from way back when, you know, so, you know, to, to, for it to grow a little by little each year, you know, and, and to get to this level, man, it just makes me feel so good to, to give back. I just want to make sure people get good information and, you know, mm-hmm. if I can, you know, uh, keep people having a positive uh, attitude and uh, to have a great experience in the outdoors, even if it's just a small part, man, I, I it means so much to me. Yeah. It's got to be just unbelievable for you to think about wh- where you've been and what you've done. Um, it's like I said, and I can say it again and again and again, just how impactful you've been in this industry to guys like me, guys, my age that grew up watching bone collector and monster books and, and all that, man, I guess, I, I guess sometimes, you know, I think, I wonder if T-Bone just, you know, just kind of sits back and like, man, I just, it, I mean, how hard is it for you to believe that just this, this normal kid from Georgia grew up to have such a huge impact? Hey, I'm from Ohio, dude. Are you really? Yeah. I was born in Ohio. What? Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Really? Yep, I, I didn't get to Georgia till I was about five, but my dad was a fireman for the city of Dayton, and uh, he transferred down to Atlanta. So, uh, yeah, so I got my roots as a Buckeye, but I'm yeah. a gold dogger now. Yeah. <laughs> easy, easy. We got a big yeah. game coming up now. We got a big game coming up. Yeah, exactly. I uh, My friends from back in Ohio, they're like, who are you going to root for? I'm like, well, I, I mean, I got, I got 50 years invested down here. I'm a dog now. Yeah. <laughs> now, granted. Um, Buckeye's got it. Buckeye's got to cut out for him. Yeah. 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 But hey, they got them. They brought they're they're getting to go to the dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, we could kind of talk about college football for a minute. Just that that struggle they had with the team up north. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, it was, man. It, it was a man. I, I it's like they didn't even show up that day. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, completely outmatched. So just looking at that powerhouse down there in Georgia, game in Georgia, it's like I'm a little nervous about that one. But (laughs) well, uh, we've we've had some we've had some games we didn't show up. I just hope that with this much time off we're we button things up and we we stay healthy. So uh yeah, we got we got a couple good strong games ahead of us for sure. But one more question I want to ask you, T what's uh you got a little bit of time, you know, you're not hunting as much right now and stuff like that. What, what's some things that you, uh, T-Bone's been watching any of the newer shows or, I mean, what's, 
what's kind of vibing with you? I uh, do you even watch I, a lot of hunting? To be honest, I don't. I don't. Ben doesn't either. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I, I I guess I've I've I'll just be honest. I kind of burnt myself out. Meaning, like you know, now that I'm 50 years old, it's not that I'm anti. I mean, I do watch occasionally. I watch something, but mm-hmm. seems like the times that I go to watch. I'll flip it on and it seems like I, whatever shows I end up watching it, it turns out it was a show that I'd already seen for some, I mean, I don't know if that's ironically, you know, bad luck, but uh, I'm, I see a lot of reruns, but, but nonetheless, I, um, I, I I watch some stuff on YouTube, but I I honestly don't watch a a ton of TV. Mm -hmm. I really don't. I mean, I, I check, I get, I get updates and stuff through social media and stuff, but, been working on bows. I, I do a lot of office work, I, you know, administrative stuff for myself and, you know, some stuff for bone collector as well. So I, I stay on the phone pretty good bit during the day. And then plus uh, I still try to, I, I still work on bows quite a bit downstairs. And well, the media has changed so much, you yeah. know, like, I mean, you've, you've probably seen the huge change throughout all these years and, and how people consume this, this content now yep. is so much different and it's more like fast pace. You see a reel or something on Instagram yep. and, and that's all you really need to see. Yeah. So, yeah. And then that's, you watch it, you know, you can watch a YouTube clip with your phone while you're eating lunch, you know, like if you're working a nine to five and you go to lunch and mm-hmm. you're sitting in your car in the backside of a Taco Bell, you can watch you can watch two hunts on YouTube. You know, you don't yeah. even have to, you don't yeah. have to wait like, Oh, eight 30 tonight. I got to be sitting down to watch this show. You don't have to worry about that no more. So, and then plus uh, you can binge watch, you know, with my outdoor TV, mm-hmm. you can, uh, you know, that app you can watch. I, I did find myself like w- when I was in the hospital back in March and stuff, I was watching, I watched a couple of our shows from back like 2008 and nine. Cause I haven't relived any of that stuff. And, in forever you know it's been 15 years ago and to see some of our hunts and uh you know i like man i forgot about that hunt in iowa and i forgot about that that was that was pretty neat so yeah. uh and watch some of the other shows too that that's been around forever you can mm-hmm. see old ben rising back with the Drury's. yeah yeah <laughs> you know ben's uh ben's working with deer cast now yeah again. so yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. The, I can't say enough about the Drury's. Is you know they, they are they're just good for the industry. Period. Um, they've oh, yeah. been great friends to me. Uh, you know everybody. You know if outside looking in that don't know us, they automatically want to draw a line in the sand. Like ooh, they're mossy oak or ooh, they're real tree. But <laughs> yeah, dude, on. it is not that way at all. I mean, whenever we're together at trade shows, we always try to carve out a night or two to hang out and uh, you know go to dinner or something like that. So we've been great friends and you know, been super supportive. I'm, I hear from Mark and Terry, you know, at, at least weekly checking on me so that I can't say enough great about them. Yeah, man, they've sure got it figured out. Yeah, they do. Jeez. I mean, they, they, you talk about, you know, uh, you know, just like Ben, Ben as well, you know, they, they just, they're just, uh, well, I mean, it, 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 it's been said before, but they're Dr. Deer, you know, as well as, you know, Lee Lakoski and, and Don Kiske, they're all, you know, I, 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 I'd like to think that I'm doing the same thing down here on Georgia on a lot lower scale. I think I've got it rougher than them because there is no corn or soybean nowhere near me. It's pine trees. So yeah, <laughs> we got to get creative with corn piles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. Food corn, plot, piles, corn, piles. corn piles are big in Ohio. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, well, if you follow me, you know, you ain't baiting, you're waiting. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But uh, anyway, T-Bone, I've, I've taken up enough time here. Um, like I said, man, I can't thank you enough for for joining me um, and just everything that you do for this industry. Uh, I I appreciate it so much. I know a lot of other people do and um, can't wait for everyone to listen to this podcast with you. No, man, thanks. Thanks for having me on here. You guys keep up what you're doing. I, you guys have really taken a white tail edge brand and, and really uh, made it, you know, a place to call home and um you know you you got good guys um you know i stay in touch with a lot of the guys uh on y'all's team you know from when we hunted up there with you guys and so mm-hmm. uh no yeah yeah y'all keep it up i remember uh i got my first spray tan while i was in camp <laughs> with you guys so yeah. i mean people are gonna ask themselves they're like what spray tan deer camp ohio what you go back and look at that episode yeah so uh but uh, no, no, you guys keep it up. I, I appreciate it. Y'all have got a good brand going and, uh, you know, just keep doing what y'all doing. And, uh, you know, I hate that Ben was 
uh, missed out on this, but he and I've been, you know, been texting pretty regular. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to get you back on when Ben, when mm -hmm. Ben uh, is feeling a little better for everyone that was wondering, Ben was a little under the weather today and felt pretty bad that he couldn't hop on here with us, but, um, um, uh, would love to get you back on with, with Ben here in the, in the future. Yep. No worries. Y'all, y'all, y'all stay in touch, keep up the great work. And I hope everybody has a, a, you know, really listens to the whole podcast and, and has a, a good takeaway of all the pros and cons and stuff. I, I think the decisions is pretty clear and we're pretty proud of, you know, uh, what's, what's been designed. I know, you know, the guys at Grace, uh, engineering and G5 are certainly proud of, of the mega meat and the whole lineup as far as that goes. So, uh, yeah. Um, if you haven't given it a try, give it a try. You'll see a ton of testimonies. And I think the, the, the deer have spoken. <laughs> They're dead. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was never, uh, it was never the mission here for like the, the podcast to be completely based around it. But it, like I said, it's easy when you're passionate about it and you can just go off on a tangent and really talk about that, you know, the broadhead yeah. itself. And, um, I, I mean, I believe everyone should you know, at least try a mega meat. Not everyone, like we said, there's, yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. And, and meat and those, but yeah, but, um, yeah, man, super appreciate you, uh, T bone and, uh, take care. Um, yeah. Thanks again, man. You're welcome, man. Be good. Bye. Bye guys. Yes, sir.